Well, welcome. Uh, I am at a very special place with a special person right now. I'm with Jessica Tate and we are in Texas, yes, her we are. hometown. And as you can see, it's just after Christmas, we just brought in the new year. Yeah. Uh, 2020 and- New decade. Well, new decade, new decade. dang. We went to Upper Room for yep. the first time yeah. for New Year's Eve yeah. and it was just amazing. So I'm just excited to introduce you to a dear friend and um, excited for what she has for you. And also in this interview, we want to talk about this yeah. new book. Uh, Jessica yes. was a writing in the Glory graduate and she just released her first book called Trials to Triumph. And i um, excited to talk about this and, yeah. and get to know her a little bit more. So anyways, just want to introduce you, Jess. And, yeah. Um, welcome to Thank you. the very first in the new decade podcast right. show. and um, Significant moment, right? Significant, always. So I love fun. her. So um, so yeah, why don't you just start with sharing we're in Texas for New Year's. And yeah. So we went to Upper Room and uh, that was yeah. just, it's been a dream of my heart for a while. A lot of their music has been just kind of my bread and butter yeah. for the last couple of years and just love their heart for intimacy and I think there's something significant about just ushering in a whole new decade while you're worshiping you know yeah. it was even kind of interesting because we we were just dancing yeah you know yeah. and and I had received a, a word from the Lord a few weeks ago that uh, 2020 would be a year of restoration of joy yeah. for the body of Christ and so that was really fun for me um, to just kind of feel that shift of like mm-hmm. oh we are dancing into 2020 and mm-hmm. there's a, a restoration of joy for the body of Christ in this year and and in this decade. So it was super significant, super fun, was there with uh, friends and, and just family, really. And uh, I, I'm excited about 2020. I'm excited about what God's doing, so yeah. What are you feeling for the new yeah. decade? Yeah, I really felt like, um, you know, everybody's praying into this 2020 perfect vision, you know, like yeah. it doesn't take a prophetic anointing yeah. to get that. Yeah. And um, I was praying about that one day and just said, okay, God, like, vision and, and he was saying restoration of vision and he kept using the word restoration and then one day he said to me he said Jessica vision is not the only thing I want to restore he said this is going to be a year and a decade of restoring all things wow. and so wow. I'm really feeling like even like month by month and year mm-hmm. by year these like uh, themes of he's restoring joy he's restoring vision but not just like a vision to see the way we saw before but to see the way he sees and that's kind of been the big thing he's been telling me is is just like i'm restoring vision so that you see things the way that i see things not the way you used to see things you know and so it's this i I really feel like there's this this like movement and this breath on on restoration in this decade in this whole decade so it just reminds me of uh, i was at a meeting with heidi last weekend two weekends ago and um, I met this person who's completely blind mm. and I feel like through experiencing the joy in his life and seeing him stand up to give Heidi a standing ovation in the front row, not knowing how the rest of the crowd is going to respond, just yeah. seeing from heaven's perspective, yeah. uh, really I felt the conviction of the Lord in my own heart because I'm like, oh my gosh, God, I've been living for the sight of other people yeah. to be pleased rather than living to please heaven yeah. and it actually um I, I received so much by my new friend mm. and and i really felt like what you're sharing about the new site in the 2020 that god mm. is giving us new eyes to to have our only agenda being to please him yeah not necessarily um i know at least in my life so yeah, yeah that for is, sure that's exciting undivided focus right yeah, yeah. it's undivided, true yeah which is what we both love is yeah. just 
Passion of the Heart, bringing people to Jesus. And you've been living in Brazil this past season. Yes. That's amazing. Um, six months in Brazil so far and counting. Did you ever think you would be a missionary? Not a clue. <laughs> not a clue. Wow. I mean, we, you know my story. Yeah. The, the people watching may not. Like, I kind of felt a call to war zones at a young age. Yeah. Never thought I'd go into war zones. Spent almost a decade going in and out of war zones. And then... Uh, if I ever thought I was going to live somewhere, I thought it would be Congo. Yeah, I thought it yeah. would be Iraq. Yeah. I thought it would be Syria, yeah. you yeah. know? And so when the Lord said Brazil, I was like, but no one's shooting everybody there, you know? <laughs> like, there's no bombs in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, it's like one of the most neutral countries in the world. Like, it's never been to war. Like, it just yeah. all this. Um, but yeah, God's doing a significant thing there. And yeah. It's a special time to get to be a part of that. Like there's a sovereign move happening among the body of Christ. And, mm-hmm. and it's now in a transition where we're seeing it go out to the streets and really impact society. So I, I feel uh, honored and privileged that I get to be there in this season. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for it. I really am. And it's been a fun learning, mm-hmm. hard, good, beautiful, mm-hmm. challenging, you know, mm-hmm. mix all the adjectives of the great polar opposites uh, in there. Um, but it's been really good and a really special time. So I'm loving it. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you shared with me the other day about some ideas for kind of new kind of conferences or meetings yeah. you want to yeah. do. You want to share what you feel you Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for a while I've, I've had this, we've had a, a group of like a remnant of people have this conviction of what would it look like for people that would just only Jesus yeah. and that would be like our and you're seeing moves of this like you've got the Jesus image and yeah. you've got different groups of people I would say upper rooms in that crew of people that are coming back to the heart of like what does it look like if we just mm-hmm. gather um, around one person and his name's Jesus uh-huh. it's not Bill Johnson it's not Heidi Baker it's not you know whoever your famous Christian celebrity yeah. is and um, and so when I moved to Brazil it's a it's a celebrity culture there. I mean, most of the people would admit that. Coming from Bethel, I would say there's some, some of that as well. And that's not knocking any of the leaders yeah. of it or anything like that. But there is this, we gather around who's speaking. Yeah. We gather around who's leading worship. Um, and, and I'm motivated to come because this big name is going to be there. And that's bothered me for a long time. Um, but I had a, a very vivid dream in the spring, right before I left Reading. And in the dream, it was about a conference that would uh, be no cell phones allowed. It would be no social media. There would be no cameras and no videographers. And, and not that I'm against any of that stuff, yeah. but all of that was just stripped away. And it was a gathering for just going after Jesus. And none of the speakers were announced. And none of the worship leaders were announced. And, and so the people that were there were there because they wanted to encounter Jesus. Mm-hmm. But when I woke up from this, this dream, the Lord just spoke to me. He said, Jessica, no one would come. And it was this like, mm. it was like this grieving in my heart of mm. like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. That like you feel like your body wouldn't come together just to be with you. Mm. They would only come together if the anointed person is there, you know. And um, and so, yeah, that's that's what I'm dreaming for mm. this new year. And, and practically we're, we're working on some things to, to put together meetings that would would be postless that would be we come and we're we're just there for jesus and you have no idea who's going to lead worship and you have no idea who the speaker's going to be you're there for one thing and and we're not going to take our phones out or get the selfies or the videos we're just going to see what jesus does and if it never gets posted who cares let's just see what god does 
So I'm excited about that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think when you're sharing that, I feel like, man, that's something we can adopt everywhere in the world is yeah. having these spaces and places where our only agenda is to love him, yeah. minister, his heart, minister to his heart, encounter him. Yeah. And I think that will actually change the way we walk in the room. Yeah. We're not trying to post totally. something. It'll change totally. the way we think and encounter him. So I think it's, I'm excited that you're going to start in Brazil, but I really yeah. feel like it's everywhere it needs yeah. to have adopt yeah. that, that way. We've had this like deep conviction. I've been sharing, we're in a ministry school and been just really trying to, and they get uh, amazing speakers that are well known mm-hmm. all the time in Brazil. And, and I'm telling them all the time, like, I see young ministers with a passion to become known. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they don't have a heart for the Lord. It's mm-hmm. not. And we guise it under this, like, I want to make an impact. And I'm like, well, but whose impact? Like yours yeah. or the one the Lord wants you yeah. to have? Because yeah. those can be two very different things. And I'm not against fame. I'm not against mm-hmm. any of those things. I think the Lord does that. But that should never be my motivation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so what, I, what kind of the catchphrase I've been telling them over and over again is, I do not care to be famous on earth. I just want to be famous in heaven. Like that is not, I have no concern. It's not my job to be famous on earth. It's not, that's not my responsibility, but I have a heart to become so well known in heaven for my, Mm -hmm. my posture before the Lord that even the angelic hosts would be drawn to the type of worship that we bring to the Lord, that they would want to be in the spaces that we create for him. Um, that our school, that our church, that our people that I'm with, that we would be famous in heaven for our posture towards the Lord. So that's that's what I'm trying to create. And if people want that or don't want that, I could care less. Yeah. But let's Come make on. it where the Lord does. Come on. You know? So, yeah. yeah. So that's good. what we're trying to do. So good. Yeah. It's fun. And 2020 is an exciting year because you birthed your first... Yes. Uh, the long-awaited book. I remember when we lived and ran with each other in Reading years back. You were starting this book and working on yes. it, and um, to actually hold this in my hand yes. is, is so beautiful. Yeah. And I, I love this testimony. You want to just share share a bit about the process or what this is yeah. about, and how people can um, yeah. get a hold of this. I really think it, it's going to release healing and set people free. Yeah. Um, excited about it. Yeah. So it's called Trials to Triumph: uh, The Heart of God in Your Most Painful Moments. Um, it, it, it tells the chronicles, the story of when I came out of Congo and had PTSD, you know, that story probably more intimately than a lot of people, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, nightmares. I mean, you name all that, that went along with that and really was just a shell of a person for at least eight months, but really like a year of just not, not being myself. And, um, really, I always say I was, I, it wasn't even like I was barely surviving, you know, every battling suicidal thoughts and just not sure if I was going to make it. So this kind of chronicles the story of how I got into that place. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the healing that occurred at destiny house, Mm -hmm. uh, which Jen runs and, and just the more, it was a miracle, you know, miraculous story of God sovereignly healing me. And then what I learned through that and how to endure trials and what I've really, like, what the Lord had spoken to me after the healing and things was just, just because so many people are not accomplishing the fullness of what I have in their lives because of how they go through trials. Mm-hmm. Like, adversity mm-hmm. has caused them to shut their voice. Yeah. Adversity has stolen their vision. Adversity has stolen who they were. I mean, and, and like I said, I'm a shell of a person there. 
until this kind of restoration process. It really is to breathe hope into people that have endured trials, that they, they really begin to question the nature of God in the trial. Yeah. Uh, it's for people that are human. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it, is, it is for those that are willing to say, my faith was yeah. brought into question. Yeah. I, didn't, I knew I had a call of God, but this challenged everything I believed about Him and everything I believed about myself. Um, because that's where I was. Wow. And I knew I had a, a call. I knew I had an assignment. Wow. I knew, but I was ready to give all of that up because it was hard. Um, and so that's kind of the restoration of dreams and vision and heart and calling and assignment and a beautiful story of healing and a yes, you know, mm-hmm. but just the power of people saying yes. We have a dear friend that yeah. her yes saved my life is the way I always say it, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know what would have happened if she wouldn't have said yes. And so... That's the story to go from trials and adversity into walking in the fullness of your calling and and then given the tools to endure adversity as it continues to come because right. it doesn't doesn't stop. So yeah, I'm so glad it's done. <laughs> it, was, it was a journey. Yeah. It was a journey to write and yeah. my prayer is that yeah. people my continual prayer for the book is that people um, just receive a fresh baptism of hope. Come on. When they read the book, that just radical, insane hope invades them in every circumstances of their life. And we're already getting testimonies of people that were just like, I didn't realize how much I was hiding from the Lord, how much I was questioning him, but I was afraid to deal with it. And, and that had led to extreme hopelessness. So wow. excited. Yeah. You've already got testimonies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is just people. out, yeah. hot off the press. Yeah, a week ago. That's amazing. Lord help us. So. Yeah. And I remember yeah. um, doing that meeting in the Bay Area. Yeah. Pulling you to the front and having you share the testimony that's in this book. Right. And you want to share when this guy yeah. came up and what happened? Yeah. I mean, just still gives me goosebumps when yeah. I think about it because it just wrecked me. Jen had me in and, and let me just share the testimony of the healing, which you can find in the book. For, no, I'm just kidding. That's right. That's Get it. it. Or you can Get find it on Bethel TV. You can find on YouTube. You can find on your but website the as well. support um, this incredibly. But just the, just the testimony of uh, just a miraculous healing. So I shared the story, and I can I can still see it in my mind. Like this veteran, he was in uniform, uh, pants with like a, you know, a little uniform, his Vietnam War uniform, and he came up, and, um, and he just tears in his eyes with his cane and, said that he had experienced um, the anxiety and the trauma and the depression for every day since he had come out of the war, you know, for decades. And he said, when you shared that testimony, it was like fresh hope came. Mm -hmm. And the anxiety left and peace came for the first time in decades. And for me, like, I had still been struggling with why did I have to go through this, you know? And, And what, where's the purpose in the pain? And the Lord had just kept telling me, we're going to make the enemy regret attacking you. We're going to make the enemy regret attacking you. And I'm sitting there months after being healed going, it doesn't feel like he regrets it. You know, like when is this going to come? And when that man shared, I just went to the side of the room and I, I cried. And I said, if no one else ever gets healed, if no one else ever gets touched, there is one man that's delivered of decades of anxiety and depression that gets fresh hope. The enemy's going to regret attacking me. And that really renewed a passion in me to... Um, to go after that, to see the enemy pay for what he did, you know, and that's kind of been the last few years of ministry. So let's just make the enemy pay for the attack. And that's why I share the testimony often. It's why we wrote the book. Yeah. It's why we, you know, agreed to let Bethel TV do the testimony because we're going to make him pay for what he did. So, yeah. And I've, I've heard testimonies from the video testimony. Yeah. yeah. We, we play it when we travel in Europe. Yeah. And, 
it is it, there is something I'm you know I, I've told this with with Jess quite a bit um, I love the power of the testimony yeah and I've seen Carrie Judd Montgomery's testimony 1880 yeah. releasing healing a hundred years later yeah and um, I just felt there is something very special and anointed about what God did that day. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I really feel like this, this this testimony now steward stewarded in this book yeah. and video and other things. When when people experience it, it's going to unlock freedom and healing and hope in the midst of pain and trials. And yeah. um, there's something timeless about this start this story. And I'm so stoked for you that you yeah. stewarded it. Because I, I, I already know the fruit before it was even in this form. Yeah. And I'm just excited. Um, and we, we pray a blessing over this book. Because yes. this is like a missionary. This is, this is a living testimony that everyone that reads it, it's going to unlock hope and healing and freedom and deliverance yeah. in, in many people. So I am, I am personally excited. Yeah. I'm going to buy, I haven't told you this, I want to get copies for my supporters mm -hmm. to thank them and get this out because this, you know, I know the person, you guys have now met Jess Tate, um, hey. and this, this is so much a part of her heart that's been ripped out and handed to us um, mm -hmm. with so much life, so... Yeah. Congrats. This Thanks. Is, this Thanks. Is, this is a, a she fun. played a big part in that coming into fruition. So this definitely, I, when I look at the book, I'm like, this was a community effort. Like, <laughs> this, is a, this was a not a Jessica. <laughs> it should have multiple names on the front. That's for sure. It wasn't it's just a, it was a, a cool testimony. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I do want to, we'll just say, how many times did you take writing in the glory? Oh, I don't, I don't, how many? You I can't, can't even write a few know. of those, but. It was, it was definitely like, it, it's, you know, we say the heart of God in most painful moments. And I'm like, one of the most painful moments was writing the book. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the, the yeah. knowing that the testimony needed to yeah. be out there, but yeah. the vulnerability Absolutely. of putting that into a book yeah. for everybody to read was not an easy encouraged by many people that kept saying like, it needs to be out there. It needs to be yeah. out there. And, and then a, a prophetic word from somebody who didn't even know me, Come you know, on. who came out of nowhere and said, it's time. Come on. So here it is. But this is awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. You did it. The first one, first of many. Very exciting. And the, and the other cool thing is um, how interesting that it's really being uh, pioneered and being birthed in Brazil. Yeah. Because they were the ones yeah. also that helped you kind of make time for it. Yeah. And they're releasing it in Portuguese right. as well. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah, super cool. So they, they're... Um, just super thankful for that crew over in Brazil and the way they've kind of adopted yeah. me in and yeah. just said, hey, like, we believe in you, we're for you. And so when I told them I was writing a book, they were like, yes, finish it, we'll publish it, we'll, we'll design, they designed the cover for the English and the Portuguese. They're like, we are going to, we're going to get behind it. So they're translating it now. That will be out soon. And awesome. uh, we'll, we've got, you know, partner churches and a network of churches that will get that in there and um, yeah, it's a special time. I think mm -hmm. because of the destiny on Brazil to be a mission-sending nation, yeah. but also <clears throat> they've seen their um, anxiety, suicide, depression statistics triple in the last wow. like five years. Wow. So I think there's something significant on the book of like the yeah. calling of the nation right. as a, a missionary, you know, which yeah. I personally had, yeah. and then also the calling uh, being attacked in this way of anxiety, depression, yeah. trauma. It's, it's significant for them, I think, and it, it matches what they're dealing with as a nation um, and the tension of the calling and the trial. And so it's, yeah, I, you know, I don't mean this in a negative way, but I'm more excited to see its impact in Brazil yeah. um, because of what, what I feel it can have the power to do there. Wow. So, yeah. 
So it's exciting. Like God handpicked you yes. and planted you for such a time as this with this story, with yeah. this journey yeah. to release it in that land. Yeah, it's a special time. It so is. It's good. Yeah, and other yeah. things have been birthed while you've been in Brazil. You're doing some projects in Venezuela yeah. and in Brazil. You want yeah. to share a bit, some about your mission work? Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's we, we have a saying about uh, country girls that they say you can take the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl. Or the accent. And, uh, or the accent as soon as I come back. Right. Um, and so I was there to do a, a ministry school. Yeah. And... And was kind of like, we're going to have to set aside missions yeah. for a little while because I'm, I'm doing itinerant, I'm preaching, yeah. and I'm teaching. And, and really like, okay, that's what this season is about. But you can take the girl out of the missions, but you can't take yeah. the missions out of the girl. Yeah. And so we just started hearing more and more reports. I had a friend that was real involved with Venezuela that kind of first got me onto it. And, and then I started hearing more and more about mm-hmm. what's going on there. It's the largest humanitarian crisis in the world now. It's not in an active conflict zone. They've had over 4 million refugees leave in the last couple of years. That's going to, it's going to be the largest, it's predicted to be the largest refugee crisis by the end of 2021 wow. is through the Venezuelans leaving Latin America. And so um, you can't be right there yeah. and have the commissioning of the Lord to love your neighbor and not, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of been the cry for me to yeah. the church is Venezuela is our neighbor. Yeah. Like, who is our neighbor? Well, Venezuela is, and they're in a massive crisis. And so we have two projects. We've got one inside Venezuela okay. trying to do community development in the midst of a crisis. Like, I, you know, we, a good friend, Cassandra, says we are incurable optimists. You know, mm-hmm. like there's something inside of us that while the world says the country is falling apart, we're going, then we're going to build it up, uh-huh. you know? And uh-huh. so... We are against the advisory of many smart people. We are <laughs> building a building in Venezuela in yeah. the midst of an economic and, and cultural downfall there and yeah. wanting to see a community developed in the middle of a crisis. Mm-hmm. And, and when something like that happens, all you can say is Jesus did it. Yeah. You know, When you can build a building and provide jobs and provide an education system in the middle of a total governmental and economic collapse, wow. that's Jesus. Wow. And so that's what we're trying to do. Like that's our vision is to totally revitalize. And, and I really feel like it's going to be, we call it house of hope. But my, my prayer is that this entire community would be an oasis of hope to an Come entire on. nation. Come on. Um, that we're building while people are leaving. Wow. We're educating while people are fleeing, you know. Wow. Um, and then inside Brazil, we are um, working with a, an entire group, about 194 families that we're working with um, of refugees that have fled Venezuela. Wow. And so we're working with them. That's in the beginning stages. We just started that in the last four months. And so same thing. We're looking, what could it look like if we adopt an entire group and inject wow. the Lord into them wow. and see what, what is produced. And so it's, I'm beyond amazed already at what God's done. Our team says all the time, we can't take any credit because he's just doing something really beautiful through it. So that's what we're doing. And in my heart, in this yeah. weird intertwingling place of yeah. running a school, preaching and teaching 80% yeah. of my time wow. to running a missions org to writing a book, all this is... I want to see the the church captivated by Jesus. And, and a mentor of mine, Michael Brodeur, he always says, if you look into the eyes of Jesus long enough, he'll show you people to love. Yeah. And, and I just love that. And I think that's what I want. I want the church to look into the eyes of Jesus until he shows them who to go out and love. And, and then you go to the people that he's calling you, you to love. And so 
that's what we're doing. We are trying to captivate the church with the, the eyes of Jesus and then go love the people around them. So wow. that's what we're doing. Trying to do that. So. And of course we have you know our neighbors, we can do that. So people that totally. can't go to Brazil or Venezuela can do that. Yeah. But but also those that wanna touch people that are in more poverty, yeah. um, they can partner with you right through your totally. ministries. You yep. want to just share how people could yeah. use our website? So and... easy. www.yieldedministries.com. Mm-hmm. I think if you Google my name, hopefully it comes up and um, on my Instagram and all that fun social media stuff you can find as well. Um, but yeah, just go on there. We've got all of our projects that we're doing on there. And awesome. Just donate. You can be a monthly supporter for as little as $10 a month. Awesome. It takes us 10 bucks a month to feed one child. Um, which is insane, but that's, it's that easy. So yeah. And all of, you know, the funds are going straight to hundred percent. So right now we're able to buy a few gracious donors, cover our administrative costs and our goal is to stay there, you know, or at least, uh, I've told our team, we will never dip below 90%, you know, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. at least 90 to a hundred percent of what people donate will go right now. We're able to to operate at 100%. So that's straight to the refugees. Straight to the refugees or the project in Venezuela. Yeah, one of those two projects. So So definitely worthwhile investments in changing people's lives, especially for those who maybe can't go to Brazil or Venezuela or have a heart. Um, What a great ministry. I know I support ministries, and I I think it's a great investment in the kingdom. Um, so I encourage you guys, you know, if you have a heart, if you're being, you know, burdened or inspired right now, like jump online mm-hmm. and, and contribute to what God's yeah. doing. We have a humbling moment, you know, yeah. almost every day where we sit and pray over supporters and just yeah. think yeah. we literally have kids in a nation that has no food, that is experiencing extreme poverty and they don't have education. And yet we have a little group of kids that because of someone in California or someone in Texas or we got supporters in Mexico and Canada because of a $10 donation they get to go to bed with their belly full when so many other people aren't so that's a you know and we get to do that because of supporters so for me that's just a very humbling humbling feeling of we get to do that for people so Let's just say no to a cup of coffee once a week. Oh, really? Yeah. You just know, to not go to Starbucks this morning. Yeah, you know? it's, it's amazing what you yeah. can do with, yeah. with one yes. It is. It is. Yeah. And you know what? Since I have you here, Jess. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite you know, topics, one of my favorite things, even when I first met you, um, is I, I knew that you preached. Yeah. And I don't know many women preachers, or especially itinerant, yeah. and you said 80% of your time has been itinerant yeah. preaching. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what would you say to those who feel, you know, a call of God in their life, especially women, yeah. or pioneers, or um, people that maybe haven't had a voice, yeah. uh, maybe share a little bit about your own journey in that, yeah. and what sort of encouragement you would give to those yeah. who feel like that's a call in their life. Yeah. I have one main encouragement when I get asked this because I get asked a lot I started doing ish itinerant you know once or twice a year when I was like 19 or 20 and then that has grown over the years and and people always say I know I feel called to preach but I don't I don't know what to do I don't know and it's not like you get on the phone and start calling churches please have me in you know it's it's something the Lord has to do you know and and so the biggest encouragement we talk about the yes but is if you feel a call to anything yeah steward what you have in your hands right now so good you know what do you have well all of us have access right now to social media so get on share your devotional prepare your heart at at 17 i received the call to preach and i started going home and writing sermons even though i had nowhere to preach 
Can you tell and us what, what happened at 17? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was 17 years old. I, I went to a church that didn't believe in women preachers. Wow. I was uh, saved in a denominational church. And I was in the sanctuary, and I would just go. I was hungry for the Lord. Yeah, you know, I had yeah. a complete turnaround conversion experience. And so I would go into the sanctuary of this church, and I would just pray. And, and, and one day the Lord said, Jessica, I want you to go up and stand behind the pulpit. Well, women didn't do that. And no one's in the room, wow. but I was terrified. And I'm shaking walking up the stairs at wow. 17 to go stand behind the pulpit. And the Lord said, look out. You'll preach to more people that can fit in this room. I went to church of about three, four hundred, and I remember thinking, I'll never, I'll never <laughs> speak to three, four hundred people, you know, oh my gosh, and I'm shaking, yeah. and, but it was such a, I knew that I knew that I knew that it was him, wow. but I went home and I had this thought, if someone's going to call me to preach next week, because I had no grant for when, how, yeah. you know, I better be ready, Absolutely. and so I just started, <laughs> I mean, every day that week, I'm writing a sermon, because any day they could call me to come preach. And, um, you know, it was uh, a few months before I got asked to go speak at a, a small little youth group of 10 people, you know. But I had sermons, you know. I had a bank of sermons because I had, had I just took him seriously. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing that we often don't do is we get this word from the Lord that seems so impossible. And, and we do what people call shelve it. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate that phrasing. I hate everything about it. Uh, the word says in Thessalonians, do not despise prophecies. And putting something on the shelf is despising it. Yeah. It means to, to not use it, yeah. to not take it serious, to not, to not sow into it, yeah. you know? And so don't put your prophe- prophecies on a shelf, even if they are for 30 years from now. Yeah. Start preparing for them now yeah. because that's what shows God I'm serious. That's what it shows God. I believe you. It's not just by looking at the shelf every once in a while and going, I see you over there. Mm-hmm. It's by taking it and saying, how do I pour into and steward this little thing? Wow. And so I didn't know what I was doing. Like, it's not like I intentionally yeah. thought I'm going to steward this word. I just believed what he said. And I didn't want to be embarrassed when I got the call to do it. And so I, I any day I was living for this moment that I knew would come. Wow. And it was years before it became a consistent thing in my life. And so if you feel a call for preaching, for missions, for any anything, to build a business, to write a book, start doing it now. If you're called to be an author, write for 10 minutes a day. If you're called to be a preacher, start writing sermons, even if you don't know who to preach them to. I was 18 years old preaching to my dog. Yeah. You know, like, this is what the Lord said, you know, and... And I often go back to those yeah. moments. And so fast forward years later, I'm in Brazil. I'm looking out at a crowd of 2,500 people. This was several years yeah. ago. The room's packed out, hungry people, and I'm about to get up to preach. And I just had this moment where I remembered the prophecy at 17. Wow. And I, it just brought me to tears. And so I went and I sat on the side of the stage. I cried and I said, God. Why did you trust me to do this? Mm. How did you, she's 17 years old. Mm. And he said, Jessica, you went home and you stewarded what I told you to do. Wow. And I realized that even unknowingly I had spent years stewarding the word. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that's it. I think yeah. if you want to get into it, you don't try self-promotion. It doesn't work. Don't try mm. to mm. excel yourself. Just take what you have, take the message that you have, yeah. and use it where you can. If you get invited to go teach a group of five people, yeah. say yes. Yeah. 
and preach to them like you were preaching to 10,000. If you are on your Facebook Live, share your heart as if the masses were gathered. Like, take the message the Lord has given you and share it where you can. Don't don't try to manipulate and make things happen. Just use what you have. Study. Get in the Word. My God, you know? (laughs) Like, that would be a shocker these days. Read the Bible and get a message in your heart. Um, and, And I think by stewarding those things when he speaks is how we see the promises fulfilled beyond what we thought. I never would have thought when he said a room of 400, I thought, Oh my God. And now I've spoken to 10,000, you know, never. Wow. I would have never, you know, so yeah. Wow. I'm passionate about that as you can tell. Yeah. So I'm passionate about just stewarding the word. So. Man, I feel like we could be here for days. Yeah. Talking so oh. much, uh, well, yeah. we might have to do it. We might have to do a, a part two. Part two. Because I, I have the yes. so many things. Yeah. Oh, that's a good theme. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. yeah, thank you so much, yeah, Jess, so for, for having me. being in your own house. Yeah. Letting me come. Thanks for having me on your podcast in my <laughs> exactly, house. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Super and, fun. Um, just want to, you know, encourage everyone. Check out her book, Jessica Tate with a... A K, Jessica with a K. Thanks, Mom. Trials to Triumph. And uh, it's just a a beautiful testimony of what Mm -hmm. God's done. It's the first fruits of many more. Um, So really encourage you guys to pick it up. They can get this on Amazon. Okay. Just look up Jess's name, Trials to Triumph, and um, check out Mm -hmm. yieldedministries.com to support her ministry. And I'm just wondering if you could, since we're literally day two in the new decade, release like a, a... prayer, blessing, impartation, yeah. and watching, listening, yeah. um, for whatever's in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to pray uh, my normal, like a consecration in Come 2020. On. So Come Father, on. just, yeah. I would just thank you for everybody listening, everybody watching, no matter where they might be around the world, mm-hmm. driving in their cars or sitting, listening in their living rooms with a cup of coffee, no matter what they may be doing. God, I just pray for a baptism yeah. um, of a yes, God. That's just been my constant prayer. Just baptize your people with a yes a yes that is so strong that we could say no to anything that you ask of us that there would be no no left in us god that that everything inside of us screams yes that as bill says often bill johnson that um we would just sign the blank contract and we would let you fill in the details and so god i pray that every person listening right now would just have a deep conviction to give their yes to everything that you've asked of them, God, that their hope would be restored in the prophecies that you've spoken over their lives, that they would steward this season as we come into a new decade, God, that they would get a clear vision of the person that you've called them to be and and that they would discipline themselves into the person um, that you've called them. That they would say no to every every distraction and every lesser lover that would try to steal their attention, but that they would have a very loud, resounding yes to your Holy Spirit. And I just pray from the Passion Translation in Romans over them that the mature children of God are moved by the impulses of the Spirit, God. That we would be a people that are not moved by our flesh, that are not moved by the allurings and temptations of the culture around us, but that we would be moved by the impulses of the Spirit, just like Jesus was led and directed mm-hmm. by your Holy Spirit only, God, that we would drive so deep into a yes as we were captivated by your heart in this season. God, that 2020 would be the decade that we see the body of Christ mm-hmm. come together, unify with one vision, one hope, yeah. one calling to fix our gaze upon Christ Jesus, the 
the one and only, mm-hmm. the chief cornerstone, God, that we would be so captivated mm-hmm. with you and that then from that place of intimacy, from that place of abiding, we would go out and bear yeah. much fruit as we fulfill our individual assignments, God. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's all about Jesus. All about Jesus. Thanks for joining us, One guys. And thanks, yeah. Jess. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. Super fun. We'll bless you guys until next time. Love you. Next time. Peace.